Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Today about these mind monsters. We're going to open up our heart again today. We're going to open up our heart again today to mind monsters. And uh, I want you to join someone's hand there beside you if you're a guest today. We have been in a series called Mind Monsters, and uh, we're talking about worry, anxiety, fear, guilt, uh, low self-esteem, the past, areas in our mind that that just absolutely overwhelm us, that absolutely just take us under. There it is. Just take us under. Just cause us to have all kinds of negative, negative energy, negative mindsets. And God wants us to be a positive people. He wants us to be overcoming people. He wants us to be more than conquerors. Amen? So I want you to take them by the hand, and I want you to say, Father, I want to hear the word today. Let the word be brought forth. Let it touch my heart, let it change my spirit, let it touch my mind, let it change my thinking. Bless the church today, give us a great, great week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. may be seated. Watch this video right here. Clap your hands. Amen. My first statement today to this congregation is simply this. When I change my mind, I change my life. Say it with me. When I change my mind, I change my life. What you just watched in that video on the brain, we saw it the very first week of Mind Monsters. It was explaining how our our habitual thoughts travel on well-worn trails in our mind. There's actual grooves in your physical brain where your thoughts travel. There is something in your brain called the reticular activator that was talked about and has been spoken of since. It's a small part of your brain that stores what it thinks you want to remember as a part of what we call that automated memory. I still remember, folks, phone numbers when I was 10-year-old boy in Sundown, Texas. I can tell you our home phone number right now. But now because of speed dial, (laughs) now because you don't have to remember, your reticular activator says, I don't need to remember that because you have another way to find those numbers. Friday morning I got up. And I always go to gyms on Friday because I have a breakfast club at gyms. It's a very exclusive club. If you want in, the entry fee is $500. (laughs) Just teasing. It's a thousand. (laughs) Really is. It's very exclusive. Amen. (laughs) And you have to buy breakfast the first month. But as I was leaving my house, as I was leaving my house on on Friday morning early to go meet my breakfast buddies, men in this church, and we talk, we talk some things. I mean, we change channels like people that have ADD. We just, we go from one channel to another. We channel surf in our brain. 
I turned right on the cross because turning right on the cross is the way I come to church. Going straight on Spruce Canyon is how I go to Oak Hill and find myself at Jim's. And I turned right. And I got all the way to Clayton Elementary School before I realized, Rex, what are you doing? This is Friday. It's time to go to Jim's. And I made a U-turn, came back and turned right. And there were some people who were walking that looked at me like, didn't we just see this red car go by us? And now he's coming back the other way. Better hide the kids and hide all the children because this man may be a wild man driving here. But what had happened is that six days out of seven, I come here first. This is where I come. This is where I'm a part of right here. I go to work here. I come here. I I live here. This is my second home. And so my reticular activator had remembered that I was supposed to go to church, but I had forgot to reprogram it. That on Friday, I go to gyms and I eat bacon and eggs and a biscuit when I feel slimmer, <laughs> toast when I don't. But I, I realized that my thinking had been so programmed that I was coming to church instead of going to gyms. So much of our thinking, folks, comes from our sin nature. And it holds us back. It hinders God's best for our lives. We're in our final week today of what I call mind monsters and put the head graphic up again and and we see things like worry, we see things like anxiety, we see things like discouragement, anger and intimidation and guilt and inferiority and we see all these things that, that program themselves and run dirt roads on our brain and then if we think that way long enough they become super highways in our life. And our goal the last three weeks and even today is to equip you to develop a better way of thinking because when I change my thinking, I change my life. We're trying to help you stop habits of thought that are hurting you and start habits of thoughts that will help you. And so we shared with you the faith acronym and we talked to you about the F-A-I-T-H, about how you have to focus on the positive, how you have to affirm yourself how you have to imagine God doing something good, how you have to trust God in everything, and how you have to hope for the best. And then we spoke the next week about the mighty warrior Gideon, a man who was called a mighty warrior even though he was hiding in a cave. And and the angel simply said to him, you are a mighty warrior and you have strength to do battle. But when you use your strength, remember that God is going to help you with his strength. You're not in this fight by yourself. You're not in this thing alone. And then last week, we talked about the four R's. We talked about recognizing mind monsters. We talked about rejecting mind monsters. We talked about replacing mind monsters. And we talked about retraining our mind into thinking something greater. But God does have something better for us. He's got something better than mind monsters of worry and stress and discouragement and despair and anger and anxiety and fear of man and insecurity and inferiority and the feeling of low self-esteem and self-worth. I'm changing my mind. Say it with me. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. For when I change my mind, I change my life. Now, there's four things that I want to talk to you about today Then I'm going to let you go and beat all the Baptists and the Methodists to lunch. There's four things I want to tell you. 
We change our mind by changing our physiology. Now, the Bible teaches us to stand. Everybody say stand. The Bible teaches us to raise our hands. The Bible teaches us to lift our heads. The Bible talks about us lifting up our hands and our hearts and our head, and we need to stand. There's a scripture in Ephesians where it's talking about spiritual warfare, and it says, having done all to stand. It doesn't say sit down. It doesn't say lay around. It says, after you've done all to stand, keep standing. I remember when I went to a football practice one year for the, at the Texas Longhorns with Coach Akers, and he took me out to the, to the, to the bubble dome over there uh, off the campus. And I was walking with Coach Brown, and, and I'll never forget Coach Brown saying this again and again in that, in, that, in that scrimmage and in that practice of an hour and a half that I walked with him. He said, stay close, preacher, you won't get hit because they won't hit me. And I'll never forget walking beside him and hearing Coach say again and again, no sitting down, don't get on your knee, keep standing, keep standing. We're a football team that stands. When everybody else is kneeling down, we're standing, keep standing, keep standing. And I want to bring that message to this congregation today. It does not matter, folks, how much you've been hit. It does not matter what's come against you this week. I'm here as a coach, a life coach today saying, you got to keep standing. you got to keep standing. Having done all to stand, you've got to keep standing. Somebody else might kneel down. Somebody else might fall out. But we got to keep standing because standing people have a different mindset. Joshua told the army to march around the walls of Jericho seven times. Often when Jesus was about to work a miracle in people's life, he would tell them to do something physically, like go wash in the pool of Siloam or take up your bed and walk. Or the man with the withered hand in the house of God, he said, stretch forth your hand. We can often underestimate, it's what we often underestimate is how a physiology change can, can change our state of mind. If you just have the ability to say, you know what, I'm going to stand up today. I remember when mom was suffering there at the end with all kind of, of things in her legs and all kinds of problems with her knees. She would have glorious days in her life when she could get up out of that wheelchair and just say, look here, son. And I'll never forget going to her house numerous times. And she said, I'm going to stand today for you, son. I'm going to stand. I said, mama, don't try it. And I should have always encouraged her to stand because it didn't matter she fell out. It didn't matter she fell down. Mama was trying to prove something in her mind that she was going to meet Jesus Christ standing up. And I want to tell everybody in this house, it does matter how you approach life. It matters how you hold yourself. Square your shoulders. Walk into the world and say, I am a child of God. I belong to Jesus Christ. I'm going to square my shoulders. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to do right and walk right. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. Stand tall, walk tall, raise your hands, lift your head. Learn as you're taught to help put your mind in the right place. We change our mind, number two, when we elevate our thoughts to God's word. Let me tell you something. We read in, we read in the book of Isaiah that his thoughts are above ours and his ways are above ours. And what you think about yourself does not, does not translate to how God thinks about you. Wow. I tried to explain this to about 600 ladies the other night. They rotate those women in that 2,700-member unit on the farm there in Marlin. I tried to explain to them it does not matter what other people think or what you think. It matters what God thinks about you. 
And can I tell you something? Ever since the cross, he doesn't see you the way you see yourself because every time he looks at you, he sees you through the blood. Hallelujah. He sees you through the blood. He sees you through the blood. Do you know when they gathered manna in the Old Testament, the only manna that didn't melt was manna under the Ark of the Covenant's lid? Everything else melted, and they couldn't, they couldn't gather the manna after a certain time of the day. So you had to get up and get it before it melted. But the only manna that never melted was the manna that was under the mercy seat. The only thing, folks, that keeps us standing today is that Jesus Christ sees us through his mercy. He sees us through his grace. Can somebody help me right now and say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fade away. I'm not going to walk out. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stand strong because Jesus Christ sees me through his mercy. Say amen to that. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 has been our launching pad. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Everybody say, the knowledge of God is the knowledge. It's not a knowledge. It's the knowledge. And we, cap, we take captive everything that it exalts itself and sets itself up against the knowledge of God's word. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient unto Christ. When those thoughts of worry and guilt and negativity come into your brain, take it out and say, I make you captive to the knowledge of Almighty God. God Almighty is my Savior and I am a child of God. The scripture is telling us that to know the word of God well enough to compare it with what our mind is saying versus what God is saying. And any thought that attempts to exalt itself above the word of God, we are to cast down and bring into captivity. To know God's will and to know God's word for our life is that we would live a blessed life. That we would live a life of goodness, a life of never-ending favor, a life that overcomes trouble and overcomes problems and overcomes setbacks. To know God's word as, as his will for our lives means simply this, that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Say amen to that. Amen. To know the will of God for our life by his word means I am born of God and everything born of God overcomes the world. Anybody getting excited about that? That's the word of God. To know the word of God is the will of God for our life. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I lean not to my own understanding. To know the word of God is the will of God for my life means that God's favor lasts a lifetime. He doesn't cut it off when you make a mistake. He doesn't stop when you have bad thoughts. He doesn't cut it off when things go bump in the night. He stays there. He's a God that has favor for you for a lifetime in your life. Say amen. To know the, will, the word of God is the will of God for our lives means that I am more than a conqueror. And I can do all things through Christ. Amen. You need to learn the word of God. You need to learn the word of God. And the one that I love, my favorite four words in the Bible, and I'm going to share them with you. If you want to take them as yours, claim them. There's four words in the Bible that absolutely I've lived by for many, many years, and it's simply this. It came to pass. Nothing in this world ever comes to stay. It only comes to pass. 
the thing that I have in my life comes to stay. The things that I meet to try to destroy me on my journey only comes to pass. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. And I'm not going to let something temporary destroy something eternal because I'm headed to a city that hath foundation whose builder and maker is God. Clap your hands to that right now because the word of God is our roadmap. The third thing I want to share with you, oh, I'm preaching short today. You're going to love me. The third thing I want to tell you is simply this. You've got to challenge and change your internal dialogue. Everybody say challenge and change how you speak to yourself. Amen. Can you, can you literally tell yourself, I'm a winner? Can you do it? Not I'm a wiener, but I'm a winner. Without having loser thought comes in, coming in. Can you do it? Can you say, God made me a winner? Can you say it? Can you live that? Can you walk in that? Will that become a dirt road that will be a super highway in your life? That God Almighty doesn't make junk. I was created in His image. I don't care what the Big Bang Theory says or the cataclysmic uh, uh, things that happen in this world. We were created in the image of Almighty God. And God does not make junk. And I can speak creative words to myself. I can speak creative words to you. I can speak creative words to my family. But I want to talk inside to myself and say, I am a child of God. And I may make mistakes. And I may stumble. And I may fall down. But I'm going to get up. I'm going to dust myself off because I am a winner in Jesus Christ. You got to say it. You got to speak it. You got to say it. You got to speak it in your life. I love, I love the Border Patrol. Philippians 4 and 8, the P48 principle. You need to remember it. Finally, brothers and sisters. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Everybody say the P48 principle. You need to go home and you need to put your Bible wide open to that. You know, a lot of people just open their Bible and say, whatever. Well, you need to, you need to read the Bible on purpose. You need to go to Philippians 4 and 8 and just hold it to your heart and say, Whatever, 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 whatever comes in my life, I'm going to see it as pure. I'm going to see it as lovely. I'm going to see it as a good report. I'm going to see it as praise. I'm going to see it as helping me. I'm going to see it as blessing me because all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. And I'm going to live in that mindset. I'm going to live in that mindset because when I change my mind, I change my life. I change my life. I change my life. She started walking to him. She'd been hemorrhaging for 12 years. Pastor Kevin used this the very first week. She'd been hemorrhaging for 12 years, but she said within herself, if I can just touch his garment, I will be made whole. Really? After 12 years of seeing doctors, after 12 years of spending all that you had, the Bible said, and not having anything left, you really, really believe that if you just touch his garment, he don't have to speak to you. He don't have to lay hands on you. 
He don't have to look at you in the eyes. If you just touch his, hand, his hem of his garment, you're going to be made whole. She said that to a point where she believed it with everything that's in her life. And I'm telling you, we speak to ourselves 70,000 words a day. Men talk about 11. Women talk about 25. So when you get home from work, sir, your wife just getting wound up. Get ready. You're going to need some conversation. You're going to have to say some words that you've been thinking, and you need to go ahead and speak them if you're thinking them. Amen. But it's time for us to have some inner dialogue and say, I'm coming to church today on purpose. I've come to have my needs met today. I've come to tell Jesus I love him today. I've come to tell him that this is where it's at and this is what I want in my life. And I'm, I, I'm absolutely excited about what he's doing in my heart, in my home, in my family, in my community, on my job, with my family. I'm happy about it because God is in control of my life. And she touched him. You need to ask yourself, are you saying things that pull you down or are you saying things that lift yourself up? You need, to, you need to fix your internal dialogue. Are you making negative assumptions or are you believing for the best? We talk more to ourselves than anyone else. We listen more to ourselves than anyone else. And what we say to ourselves influences us more than what anyone else says to us. So we can agree, disagree with others inside our mind. We talked last week about neurolinguistics. It's the science that studies the connection between our mind and what we hear and what we say. And I believe with all my heart... I believe with all my heart, neuro, mind, linguistics, language, you can teach yourself new languages. You can teach yourself languages that come out of you. You can change your dialogue, amen? You can change how you feel. You can change. When you change your mind, you're going to change your world. The Bible never talks about renewing anything else except the mind. He said renewing your mind. Romans 12 and 2, renewing your mind. Now, let me preach. And I'm going to preach now, okay? The fourth thing I want to share, and I'm going to be a little while on this one. That's why you thought I was going to let you out early, but I'm fixing to preach a little bit. <laughs> Everybody say constantly. constantly. I, must I must renew the spirit, spirit. of my mind. my mind. Constantly is the word. Everybody say constantly. constantly. Everybody say constantly. constantly. I have to constantly. You need to think your mind is an automobile, okay? When your automobile is in a garage, it's staying clean, staying nice, not getting any outside dust on it unless you don't have a garage door that seals real well. But a, gar a, a car is not meant for a garage. It's meant to be out on the open road. And you're going to have to understand. How many of y'all, I just got to ask this. How many of y'all, when you get a new car, you park it in the garage first night? Oh, I'm the only one? Okay. All right, I'm just, I stand alone. That's why I'm teaching y'all today. I'm trying to help y'all a little bit. I mean, when I get a new car, I clean out a place. This baby, I never forget when I got my little old thunder chicken. <clears throat> I never forget when I got it. The first thing I wanted to do was put it in the garage. I wanted to, man, that was the prettiest 2005 thunder chicken I've ever seen. 
I've wanted one all my life. I love Thunderbirds. I've loved them. I've cared. I, I like them. I don't love them. I, I love God. I love my family. I love the church. But I really do like that Thunderbird. <laughs> Somebody said, Pastor, is it for sale? Yeah, yeah, it probably would be. But it would take a new church, 50 acres of property, a brand new church building. And I might let you drive it for a little while to see if you wanted it pretty valuable to me now my family's on top of that but I love that I, I, I like that I like that Thunderbird but when you get out of the garage and you get out in the in the weather you're gonna get dust on that thing you're gonna get you're gonna get the mats kind of dirty with you when you're stepping out in the mud and you step and you kick your feet against the side of the car and trying to get the mud off but you're gonna get mud in that car from time to time I got mud in my car yesterday that I drove out to Onion Creek because we was in a muddy place. You're going to get, you're going to get mud. Your, your car is going to have rain on it. It's going to have sand on it. It's going, to, it's going to collect this mold that's in Austin. It's going to come down. Your car may look green some days. You understand what I'm saying? And so every now and then you've got to wash it off. What I'm saying is, is that you can't just leave your mind parked in a garage somewhere. Your mind's got to get out. And it's going to go through life. And there's a lot of Klingons that want to grab a hold of your mind and pull you down and pull you this way and get you off balance that way. But what you have to do every time you get out in prayer, you got to say, wash my mind, clean my mind. Every time you get into the Word of God, you got to say, this is the washing of the water by the Word of the Lord. I'm going to wash my mind today. And when you come to the house of the Lord and hear somebody preach the faith of God, you got to say, wash my heart, wash my mind, get me clean again. You've got to constantly be battling a against negative thoughts in your mind. I believe with everything that's in me, you can turn the battle around though. You absolutely can. You can change the course of negative thoughts to positive thoughts. You can do that. And the phrase that comes to me, the phrase that comes to me is this phrase, fight for your faith. When I left that prison the other night, when I left it the other night, Dr. Stewart, I left that prison... That's the four words that hit my brain. Fight for your faith. Fight for your faith. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. You know, there's some things that's worth fighting for. The good fight is the fight of faith, and you need to fight for your faith. You don't need to let hell wreck your thinking, wreck your mind, and cause you to have all kinds of negative thoughts and negative pretenses and negative pretensions in your life. You need to fight for your faith. I saw some women there, and I thought, you ladies would have fought for drugs when you was out there. You'd have fought for a man when you was out there. You'd have fought for a lot of things out there. That's why you're in here. But you would not fight for your faith. But I saw women on the inside fighting for their faith. I'm telling you, you're on the outside, folks, and you're in a world. But I'm here to preach to you this morning. You've got to fight the good fight of faith in your life. You've got to get up every morning and say, I am who I am by the grace of God. And I'm going to think on him. I'm going to talk about him. I'm going to sing about him. I'm going to declare him today. You've got to fight that fight of faith. Isaac married a girl named Rebecca, and she was barren. In the 25th chapter of Genesis, she was barren. She couldn't have children. And the Bible said in verse 21 of that chapter, it's not on the screen, but the Bible said Isaac entreated the Lord for her barrenness. Now, you got to get this. He entreated the Lord for her barrenness. And the Bible says she conceived. 
And the Bible said, not only did she have one child in her, but she had two children in her. Two, 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 two children. And it would be Jacob and Esau. You know, you know who Rebecca birthed. And she made this statement in verse 22. She said, if all this is so, in other words, if I'm pregnant with the expectation of producing a genealogy for the Israelite nation, if all this is so, she said, why am I thus? That's a good quote. That's King James Version. Why am I thus? In other words, if everything's supposed to be good, why do I feel this fight inside my womb? Why do I feel these things inside my head? Why do I feel like two beings are going at one another? And, 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 the, and the prophecy given to her was simply this. There are two inside of you. And, but only one will prevail. Oh, let me preach. Only one will prevail. And it said the elder shall serve the younger. The elder shall serve the younger. And when she delivered, Esau was birthed first. But when he came out of the birthing place, the Bible said that Jacob had his hand on Esau's heel. When the birthing canal was open, there was a boy grabbing the heel. There needs to be some heel-grabbing spirits in this church today. There needs to be people that walk out of here today say, I'm tired of this fight, this inward battle in my womb, in my production area. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the mental fight. I'm tired of the mental battle. You've got to constantly, constantly renew yourself. You must constantly fight because one's going to serve the other. I declare to this church today by the power of God that the one that will live in this church is the one that holds the genealogy of faith and glory and healing and power and grace and God's goodness to all of us. Come on, speak it right now. Speak it right now. Speak it right now. You must constantly, 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 constantly reaffirm yourself. You have to have a renewing of your spirit continually. Continually. So I close. The Bible said, he who rules his spirit is better than he that takes a city. I close today. You must have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Everybody say, when I change my mind, I change my life. Bless you again and again, brother. That couldn't happen on the back row. It happens on the front row, doesn't it? Everybody say, I'm not mad. I'm glad. I'm not hurt. I'm healed. I'm not holding on to an offense. I let it go. I'm not discouraged. I'm encouraged. I'm not reluctant or afraid to give. I'm generous in my giving. I'm not stressed. I'm confident. I'm assured. Everybody say, I'm too anointed to be disappointed. <laughs> I'm too blessed to be stressed. You need to come up with your own little. Your own little nuggets. 
I'll never forget. I'll never forget when it, when it got me, when it baptized me. I'll never forget when it baptized me. I know, I know when it was. It baptized me one day. When I was a young preacher, I'd made a mess one night preaching. In a little old town in Louisiana, I'd made a mess. I, I tell you what, I, thinking about that sermon just gives me chills right now. It was the most horrible sermon. In fact, it was so bad, I just stopped in the middle of it and just started crying and said, well, folks, that's about all I got. I think about six, seven people got saved that night. <laughs> it's amazing. When we've given all we got, God just takes over. But I went down to the old Sabine River. Never forget it. The old Sabine River. It separates Texas and Louisiana right there in that area. And I parked my car and I walked down to the banks of that river with my Bible in my hand. It's so stupid to tell it, but I've got to tell it because that's the way some people live. I was 21 years old. And I, uh, I had that Bible and I said, Lord, really, really, you don't need me. So I'll tell you what, Lord, I'm not going to throw you out of my life, but I'm going to throw this out of my life because I don't need to preach this anymore. And I... <laughs> I almost threw it. I sat there and thought about it. And then I got to feeling bad because I threatened God. I got to feeling overwhelmed and guilty. And I'll never forget getting up. And when I stood up, when I stood up to do the deed, I would like to say that an angel stopped my hand. Didn't happen. I would like to say that there was a barrier there that I threw the Bible and it hit a wall and bounced back to me and hit me in the head and knocked me out, but it didn't happen. I would like to say that all these things, I'd like to say that the skies lit up and it was a beautiful candelabra and everything was beautiful and God was saying, no son, no son, you're very special to me. It didn't happen. But i tell you what did happen. i tell you what did happen. The Lord kind of nudged me. And he said, I don't call failures. You're not a failure. You're successful. You're just in a process. It's hard to imagine that at 21. That the Lord would speak to me like that. No, it wasn't audible. It wasn't. But I felt the impression. And I started backing away from that river. I started backing away, just walking backwards. And I repented, fell on my face and repented. I'd often heard of old timers going to the woods to pray. And I had a prayer meeting that night. And when I got up and walked out of that place, that determined mind has been tested. But it's still here today. Because I made up my mind that God doesn't call failures. He calls successes. And I'm going to tell you folks something. You listen to me. Don't matter if you're going through a failing situation or you're on the downside of up. God doesn't call failures. And failure is not final. It's just an event in your life. Get back up. Dust your clothes off and let's walk on because you are somebody 
in the presence of the Lord. Clap your hands all over the house. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.